0: Hello, and welcome to Tech Access Weekly, a podcast of unspecified length concerning news and events in accessible technology. To get involved, send email to techaccessweekly at gmail.com, follow TA underscore weekly on Twitter, or call 260 to ask TAW. This is Tech Access Weekly, episode 140 for Wednesday, June 6, 2012. I am Aaron. I'm Rodney. And this is Don't Step In It. Here we are again.
1: Yes, we are.
0: And uh, we have some initial sad news to report. Ray Bradbury uh, died this morning at the age of 91 or 2. I'm not really sure which. Uh,
1: 91, I believe. I
0: heard 91, and I also heard 92. Um, Someone said that they thought he died 10 years ago. There was a (laughs) course that they took through the Hadley School for the Blind, and they think the textbook said he died 10 years ago. Well, if that textbook really did say that, it was wrong because he died this morning.
1: Yeah, that is a sad thing. Yeah. was the author of Fahrenheit 451, which a lot of people either liked it or they didn't like it.
0: The Martian Chronicles, which a lot of people feel the same way about. You either love them or you hate them. I actually really like both of those books. Uh, And, of course, the Dandelion Wine, and he was known for a lot of other things. Uh, But anyway, he will be missed, and we will talk more about this on the next Book Orders Anonymous podcast uh, with Shannon Curry and myself which will be recorded on Saturday this week, and it will be a lot of fun.
1: Yes, definitely be an episode to catch when it is released.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I will say no more about it now, but you'll definitely want to listen to it if you are a Quarters Anonymous subscriber, or even if you are not.
1: Yes, it should be a total hoot.
0: Woot. Um, Moving right along, we really didn't have any listener mail this week. Uh, there were some people who enjoyed the podcast from last week, and we're glad that you enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, got some tweets and that got kind of thing. Got some
0: tweets and all that, so that's wonderful. Uh, the demo cast came out this week, uh, recording and editing with Gold Wave, and that's been well received, so thank you everyone who has uh, tweeted in that you liked that.
1: Yeah, that's one of those things where people are always wondering about how can you edit audio and things, and what are the easiest ways to do it, so... Mm. Uh, Goldwave is fifty dollars. I mean, it's it's not, it's not completely free. inexpensive like uh, Audacity, which is free. But right. uh, it is pretty. It's handy. It's not
0: that costly, and uh, it does it does a lot of the really simple things very well. So good to keep around. Um, let's see. Are we ready to start the stories, or do we have something else we want to talk about?
1: Uh, well, we will throw out the idea that uh, next week we will be making a special announcement. And you'll have to stay tuned for that.
0: Yeah, so don't miss next week's episode. Yes. You will want to stay tuned.
1: Yeah, very special.
0: Just like you said. It's like extraordinarily special. Aww.
1: We're going to the love boat. No.
0: Exciting and new.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway. Uh, we'll dive right in with a little security news. Uh, today, it was popped up by a lot of different websites that LinkedIn had a compromised password situation going
0: 6 million passwords
1: yeah 6.5 million supposedly hashed passwords showed up on a russian hacker site whoopsie uh linkedin originally denied it uh said that they did not have any record of a breach or anything like that uh people did find out about it. They headed over to the hacker site once the link was published. And some people were saying that, you know, that is my password. The Ooh. one that's on the site. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's going on there? Uh, LinkedIn has later this afternoon uh, finally said that, yes, we did have a breach. Uh, all the passwords are hashed uh, using an SHA-1 algorithm. Uh the problem with what they did is they did not make the passwords actually unique for all six point five million? million customers. So what that means is that yes, they sort of salted the passwords, but they really didn't truly hash the passwords because once one password is cracked and they know that it works, hackers can then uncrack, uncrack the rest of the them. All the rest of them with just a ease. Uh mm-hmm. the way you should do it you know, is that the passwords should be hashed unique for each person. Uh that way the hacker them the hacker group would have to actually go through and redo it every single time, which could take hours I or days that. to do. Uh they also did not segregate the information between users and their passwords. Uh a lot of times people will keep that on separate servers or in different tables so that it's less easily accessed so more to come on that uh we have a good article uh in the show notes from cnet concerning that issue never-ending story security and passwords
0: Ooh, this next one is fun we've mentioned in the
1: past that stuxnet was a virus, and it was kind of running around, and nobody really... Nobody
0: knew where it came nobody, from.
1: It was kind of hinted at that it was a government-developed...
0: Virus. virus. And guess what? The conspiracy theorists weren't that far off after all.
1: Yes. In a book by David Sanger, uh, S-A-N-G-E-R, uh, he's saying that, well... I'll give you the title of the book, which is long. <laughs> Confront and Conceal Obama's Secret Wars and Surprising Use of American Power. Surprising. How is that going to fit on a book?
0: That's oh, a big title. believe me, there are longer titles than that.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: What right, in, in his, his ab- book,
1: he's actually going to sort of give you the idea and sort of confirm that
0: yeah, the U.S. and was, Iran, uh, Israel,
1: Israel uh, actually developed the virus.
0: They developed it to attack an Iranian nuclear power plant and delay Iran's entrance into the well arms race, if you are nuclear power type of thing. And so, the, what the the goal of Stuxnet when they first got it out? Uh, and took it into the plant, I guess via a double agent, somebody who worked there, was to gradually slow down the speed of the centrifuges so that they would not process things as quickly.
1: Which it actually did succeed at.
0: Of course, it did that perfectly. But what they didn't account for was that some idiot uh, took out some files from the main plant uh, on a thumb drive. And then it got into the wild when he plugged his thumb drive into into a computer someplace. Don't know who... But that's apparently how it started spreading, like most viruses do nowadays, Uh, and and then just got completely out of hand.
1: And see, a lot of operating systems like Windows and things, they try to disable this possibility of just taking a thumb drive and plugging it into a computer, and it just all of a sudden does something. Uh, They try to get away from that, you know, disabling auto-run, different things like that.
0: And although this process was started under President Bush, they called it Process Olympic Project Olympic Games or something like that, Obama was still 100 percent behind it and still approving it, thus the title of the book.
1: But the U.S. has been commended, actually, for using cyber crime or cyber wars to do something like this, as opposed to actually using real war. That's uh, because, very true. Because uh, Vice President Cheney, back during the Bush administration, he was wanting to have actual bombs and Missiles and armed forces and things actually go in and and defeat this whole nuclear program. And by doing this virus, they actually slowed down the process.
0: They slowed it down a lot.
1: Yeah. So basically, I think that's
0: kind of cool, actually.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to probably end up being the way of the future. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have to actually do anything that's going to require manpower or human lives or uh, civilian, civilian casualties. casualties. <laughs> I did the slowdown, now I can't spade my mouth back up.
0: Okay. Yes, yeah, civilian. So this is, I think this is really awesome. I mean, the, I, it's, it's really innovative in my humble opinion, anyway. Yes. Uh, And, yeah, of course, Vice President Cheney was winning bombs and stuff. He was a Secretary of Defense for a long time, and that mentality just doesn't go away. Well, I mean... So that doesn't surprise me. I remember back
1: in like the gulf war back in 1991 they would Mm -hmm. show on television ah here's a building that houses such and so in iraq you know and then they'd show the actual missile going and destroying the building right you know they may not have had to do something like that if they would
0: they had this
1: technology to do this
0: so anyway
1: you know kind of like in um what is the movie the american president he's sitting there and he's trying to decide what to do against a country that's sort of causing problems. And he's like, you know, I'd hate having to do this because I'm going to end up having to say, yeah, drop the bomb. And then here we are killing somebody that's just doing their job being a Mm -hmm. custodian at the building. So
0: So drop the virus instead of the bomb. It's better every every time, all the way around.
1: And besides, it can defeat the aliens like we saw on Independence Day.
0: Absolutely. Although, I don't think it would work on the Vs.
1: No, they seem to be a little bit more advanced.
0: They're a little bit more resilient than that.
1: We digress. Pity.
0: And probably the observers will be too. Fringe. Fringe.
1: Hey, Gads, how far can we drive this into the hole? (laughs) Uh, As we mentioned last week, the flame virus is spreading. Uh, It actually goes against actual people in other countries trying to gather information.
0: It disguises itself as yeah. Microsoft Certificates.
1: Yeah, it's kind of an interesting thing. It is actually using rogue certificates to sort of pretend that it is Microsoft Terminal Server and code. So it appears like it is actually signed and legit so that companies and computer systems will actually allow it in. Wow! Uh, Microsoft has issued a security advisory to block the software signed by unauthorized certificates uh It released an update to automatically block the certificates that are being used for Flame or Flamer or whatever, whatever. they want to call it. And they are also disabling the ability for terminal server licensing services to issue certificates that allow code to be signed. Huh? So in other words... Microsoft's kind of made a change and they actually released an out of band patch for that and you probably got uh a notice that you have a Windows update
0: yes. going on.
1: So yeah, they've they've
0: done what they need to
1: in mm-hmm. order to try and mm-hmm. deter the virus from spreading.
0: Yay for Microsoft.
1: Yay. Well, in another update, Firefox has now dropped Firefox 13. It is available, and if you open your Firefox browser, it should automatically update.
0: And it's a day ahead of schedule. Uh, Some people have noticed that some of the old Firefox bugs are still around. Uh, Scrolling, it's a little bit jittery, for instance. Uh, And that apparently has been around for several versions, and they have not fixed that.
1: Yeah, and they're also trying to redesign the home screen, like if you do about.home on the uh, location bar, or if you do a new tab page, uh, supposedly it looks a little bit different. I just updated to it. I don't know what it looked like before, so I can't really say, because I mostly use Chrome, but... Supposedly it looks more safari like for those people using
0: I uh, don't a Mac. Yeah, I don't know. It must be a visual thing because I've updated and I don't really notice a difference.
1: Yeah, the smooth scrolling in there is causing a little bit of a jitter when people are scrolling through screens. Yeah. Uh it is supposed to be a little bit more stable. Uh doesn't impact memory quite as bad as the prior uh, version. I hope uh, so. Mm. So maybe last, a good
0: thing. Yeah, the last version I had Um, I noticed a definite pause. I mean, it was real sluggish when you tried to fill in forms and things. It was a very sort of sluggish experience, and I only noticed that from the past couple of versions. So hopefully they've gotten that problem ironed out.
1: Well, since we talk a lot about iOS and Apple products and things like that, AT&T is actually taking a step to try and make mobile apps more efficient on the Android side.
0: Yeah, and this is a tool that developers can use to determine how memory efficient uh, their app is in terms of how much uh, memory and other process uh, resources it uses on the phone.
1: Yeah, they have an Application Resource Optimizer, A-R-O for short, uh, that developers can download and put on their systems. It is an app that actually captures data as the new code is being developed and tested. And what it will do is it will send the information back to a server and come back with recommendations for the developer to say, Hey, you know, you could improve this by not logging in so many times, not verifying anything. And as far as, uh, the analysis Pandora is actually using it on their Android app to find out that, well, they actually ping the server every 60 seconds. So hmm. you're constantly transmitting data back to Pandora, whether it's at rest or not.
0: Hmm, interesting. Not
1: just playing music, but it's, it's actually doing more. So that's one huh. company that has actually found the application more useful. Uh, it is supposedly going to be developed for iOS, but no terms. No
0: definite date on which yeah. that will happen.
1: So, good for them. They're actually trying to make steps in the mobile process.
0: That's wonderful.
1: And possibly save battery and data.
0: Yay, for saving battery.
1: Well, Windows 8 is close to coming out. They just released another uh, version of it for consumers to download and test and play with.
0: And for a certain amount of time, if you purchase a PC for the rest of this year that has Windows 7 on it, you can get an upgrade to Windows 8 for $15. $15.
1: Yeah, fourteen ninety nine. You get it for fourteen ninety nine.
0: Oh, I left off a penny. Yeah, for- I was off by a penny. Yeah. Whoopsie.
1: It's like the Ellen DeGeneres ad that you see on Hulu all the time. Yes. It says fifteen dollars. No, it's fourteen ninety
0: nine. Hmm. But it says fifteen. 15- Never mind. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah.
1: If you purchase a new PC. Uh, from June 2nd, 2012 until January 31st, 2013, you have until mid-February 2013 to register that product with Microsoft. And if you do so, you will actually be able to get an upgrade. Uh, you have to actually do some registration information uh, beforehand. Beforehand, uh, You have like 30 days, I think after the 31st in order to get that in there is an ars technica article that will give you more information
0: about it
1: plus you can also check out winsubersight.com for more great windows 8 information he gads he puts out a lot yeah well in the world of hacking snooping Uh all of the such google is now trying to help Yet again, last week we had talked about them actually trying to put up messages for people infected with the DNS changer problem where the FBI was taking over servers so that people were not misdirected to fraudulent websites and such. Well, Google is trying to help warn Gmail users of spate, state-sponsored attack. I cannot talk this evening. Uh, state-sponsored <laughs> attacks. So this is kind of like if there is a person in, say, China using Gmail and the government is actually trying to hack or take over their account, users will actually be alerted with a message uh, saying that your account has been uh, accidentally compromised compromised or... or some agency might be trying to interact with it. Wow! You'll sort of get one of those messages every once in a while saying, Hey, uh, your mail account was just accessed from Massachusetts. Was that you? Mm-hmm. Um, nope. No, it wasn't me. But, you know, it kind of freaky you out a little bit. I've
0: never gotten one of those.
1: I've gotten it a couple of times because I'll try an app or something like that and you'll register or mm-hmm. like Boxcar. I think I got a message with Boxcar once when I set up a thing saying that uh, I was being accessed, but turned out it was where Boxcar was actually located.
0: Box card. Which
1: it doesn't seem to be, Boxcar does not for some reason seem to be actually working with Twitter anymore. Still works with email, bizarrely enough, but I guess Twitter is just constantly redesigning things here and there, which we'll it get to a little bit sad. later. Yeah, it makes Twitter a lot more boring when you can't go. I just posted alert.
0: that on Twitter, actually. For me, Twitter is a much more boring place without boxcar.
1: But anyway, (laughs) with the Gmail alert, they are actually encouraging people that if you do get it, you should change your password. Uh, Consider adding the two-step authorization uh, process where you actually get a text message on your phone, that kind of thing. And they also recommend that you update your browser plugins and operating systems to the latest virus protection definitions and all that kind of stuff. So... Just sort of a Just sort of thing. precautionary yeah, measures.
0: So That's kind of a good thing. That's about you can do.
1: They're trying not to do evil, like mm-hmm. usual, I guess. <phone rings> well, Google Voice is actually getting a little bit of an addition. They are actually putting in steps so that you can actually make settings to your groups and circles section so that, You can more effectively
0: screen your Google Voice calls. And some calls from anonymous sources go into one basket, essentially. And the calls from people you may know go into another basket.
1: Yeah, it kind of had this a little bit beforehand where you could break up your address book into different groups and mailing lists. And you could say, okay, if this is my fantasy football team, send them this message. And if it's family, give them this This message. message. And Mm -hmm. if it's coworkers." Throw them the voicemail. I don't want to hear right. from them. So now they're actually putting in a little bit more flexibility with anonymous callers. Uh, have not checked this out yet. No, but going to have to. Speaking of Twitter tweaks, <coughs> Twitter has now tried to make it so that their system and web page actually works a little bit faster. This could actually make me almost want to use their website because usually you bring it up and it sits there and it waits. And it has to load something. But they've made three significant changes. They have gotten rid of the hash bang, which is a pound sign and an exclamation exclamation point in your URLs. So that'll be a difference. Uh, They are reducing the time of the first tweet. So they're trying to actually use servers in order to load your Twitter stream a little bit faster. So that's a good thing.
0: The biggest thing they've done...
1: Is they are limiting the amount of JavaScript that they are actually downloading when the page comes up. So that's that a takes plus. a long
0: time. That, that's the slowest download, I think. Yeah, so oh, they're the trying to,
1: to limit it to just what they need in order to provide you service on the web page. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing. Sort of reducing the JavaScript payload, as yeah. it were.
0: Another thing about Twitter, they've been conducting surveys about how uh, Twitter has been used over the past couple of years. And they found out a few really interesting things.
1: Yeah, there's a Pew Pew, Pew. Pew study. What smells? Uh, There is a study out that has shown that between 2010 and now, Twitter usage has actually gone up from 2% to 8% among adults on a daily basis. So that's that's pretty big. Oh, yeah. Especially for a company that still doesn't seem to have a profit model yeah. too much, other than occasional promoted tweets. Uh, 80% of U.S. adults are found to actually use the internet and email on a daily basis, which means that one in five of smartphone users actually have a Twitter account and 13% of those actually use it on a daily basis. Uh, only 9% of people without smartphones actually use Twitter. Really? Yeah. I hmm. I can say that when we did not have smartphones or smartphones without data plans, I didn't use Twitter a whole heck of a lot.
0: I did, but only because I was using Quitter. I mean, yeah. I didn't use Twitter really until I got Quitter or Jotter. Jotter,
1: oh my God. Yeah, but uh, on the mobile phone. Oh, I never You know, We I send, hardly ever use it yeah, on the we, mobile phone. We sent them by text message. You right. Know, you could send it by text message, right. post a tweet. You could read some by different things, but yeah, kind of blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have found that African Americans here in the U.S. are actually gravitating towards Twitter a little bit more. One in four. Internet users that are African American actually use it on a regular basis, and here's no shocker: rural areas of the U.S. do not use Twitter as much as people in suburbs and cities. You mean why r- that could be?
0: Rural areas?
1: Yeah, rural. 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 rural? Yes, out in the rural. country. Rural. 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 Never. Rural. It's I'll hard never to get say.
0: It. It's hard to say.
1: I am southern. Things just get rolled together. <laughs> we try to save time down here.
0: But see, you're not you're not extraordinarily southern. You actually say the letter R and not Aura.
1: Well. I was
0: on the phone today with somebody who's real southern and she, she spelled something with Aura. Aura? Yes. Oh uh, She spelled my name E I N. I guess that's for one of the first times I ever heard that done. Aura.
1: Really? Mm-hmm. I've heard that many times.
0: Well, yeah, you are like Southern, like you point out.
1: Well, that's true. Hopefully people can even understand me. Sometimes it's hard. Putting the random S on there. Mm-hmm. Yes, she said it would be great if we could actually have people visit so that I would in- actually enunciate <laughs> words properly. Yes. This is the kind of thing I have to put up with <laughs> on a daily basis. Snub.
0: How do you say O-I-L again?
1: Oh. All. <laughs> hey. President Bush can say all, and then have somebody yell in his earpiece and go, Oyo,
0: Oyo You know that's what happened. I know. You- <laughs> that was, it was so a, it, funny.
1: It was the funniest thing. President oh Bush, God. The, back the in like 2002, 2002 or something, or he was doing a press conference from the Oval Office or something, and he's like, well, we got to protect the all," and then about two seconds... Later, he was going to say it again, and and you could tell by his eye movement that somebody's Somebody saying something said it. in his ear. And, you know. and you could tell oh, because
0: yo. because he really enunciated. He said the oil reserves, instead of just oil. I mean, you know, he really had to think about it. It was yeah, so funny. Yeah. That, that, was a cl- oh.
1: that was a classic moment because you, <laughs> you could just see his eyes going, oh, I did that again. Oops. <laughs> My bad.
0: <laughs> anyway, we digress. <sighs>
1: Since... Facebook always changes their privacy oh my God. and always changes their options. They have finally come to an idea. Let's let two hundred and seventy million of our users actually vote on our next changes.
0: Well, it wasn't Facebook's idea. Uh, after the last, I was trying to give them credit. Well, yeah, they 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 have a regulation in their terms of service. It's buried in there terms of service see this enunciation thing is contagious because now i can't do it
1: you mean our terms of service
0: yes in their terms of service they have this thing that says that if more than seven thousand users do not like a uh regulation or change or something that they're going to make and they comment on the change in a negative manner facebook will put that change up for a vote so um, way back when we talked about the guy in Austria who was going to protest their new privacy changes that they were going to um, they were going to enact, and so he encouraged ourpolicy.org to tell their um, people who looked on their website to vote against the new privacy policy that Facebook's trying to institute, and forty seven thousand people uh, went to Facebook and commented on it you know, in a negative manner. I think it's 47,000. So thus, Facebook has opened up this uh, for a vote, and they are sending 270,000 of their users uh, a survey that sort of talks about this and asks for their opinion. I'm not sure when it's going to be rolled out to everybody, but they're starting out with 270 users. And I do believe... I think Um, it
1: started on June 1st, so there's like June 1st through the 8th, I believe.
0: And if less than, I think it's, if less than 60% of the respondents, those who respond to the survey, don't approve of it, the vote will be taken, the policy changes will be taken on as advisory changes. In other words, they won't be implemented. I think it's 60%.
1: I believe that's what they uh, were going with. So, yeah, you might get a message I got a message about a survey the other day on Facebook, and I skipped it because, well, it looked like spam. So I don't know if that was it or not. Hmm. 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 Well, coming up on June 11th, this coming Monday here in the U.S., that little town of Cupertino Mm, is going to have a company meeting called WWDC, the Worldwide Developers Conference, uh, where all of the rumors are going crazy right now. Uh, we're we are ignoring them. We're kind of ignoring them. Uh, it's one of those things where, okay, will they update Mac Pros? Uh, will they update the MacBook Pro? Will they update, update the, the Mac iPhone?
0: Air? When will iPhone? the new iOS 6.0 come out?
1: Where's Mountain Lion? Snow Lion? Snow Lion? I don't know. Mm. Grasping here where's the bobcat version
0: actually they don't have that do they
1: no not yet
0: not bobcat
1: not yet not yet but anyway uh all things d always has their d conference uh which was going on last week and they have decided that it would be a great idea for them to release all of the videos of steve jobs when he appeared on
0: wwdc Well, he appeared
1: on uh, the All Things D conference. Oh, right. So this includes the Steve Gates, uh, Steve Jobs interview that was conducted by Mossberg and I'm drawing a blank at the moment. Lynch? No, that's not right. Nah.
0: Oh, well. Yeah, um, this includes interviews that have been done and basically a lot of things that have been done since he took over Apple and r- kind of revamped the company.
1: Yeah, I believe they go back as far as like 1999, I think. I think so. Uh, so you can go over to iTunes and actually download these as a feed. Well, so you audio get, or video. Yeah, you can get audio or video. We'll provide a link in the show post for this so that it will actually take you to the page so that you can get whichever you choose. Yeah, because I didn't, I forgot about it, and there's actually a keynote uh, feed that you can download, which goes all the way back, I believe, to the 2007 iPhone. So wow. So that's kind of neat to think about downloading. So if you're an archive so, person, you might want to jump on that.
0: If you like digital history... Maybe that's going to turn into a new field of study. Digital history? Hmm. Sounds like it could be possible. Hmm. Uh, you, You know, that would be a good thing for you to download, so we're putting those in the show notes for you to look at.
1: Okay. Can anyone hear the web? Well, a company is now trying to help you
0: out by giving you a spoken layer. This is, I think it's going to turn into an iPhone, a smartphone app that will allow you to read portions of the web either through text-to-speech or by having professional people do it, uh, narrate them. So what it does is it finds articles of interest that people might like, and it it either does them in text-to-speech or they get an author or another professional person who does this for a living to narrate the article so that you can go into the app and have articles of interest read to you. I have not looked at this at all, uh, but they actually sent us a tweet we did not tweet them, but they sent us a tweet wondering what uh, resources we were interested in hearing about. So it seems like they are very uh, interested in getting this off the ground. And if you want to know more about it, you can go to SpokenLayer.com.
1: Yeah, uh, Lynn from New York tweeted us and said that the application is actually quite good and helpful, but hopefully they'll bring more articles about arts and entertainment. mm mm-hmm. uh, to the actual platform. So and, basically yeah. she's wanting her Bieber fix.
0: Yeah. Ew. She may be offended.
1: Eh, oh, well. Wouldn't be the first time.
0: Wouldn't be the first time people were offended by something we said. Yep. That's okay.
1: Absolutely.
0: Uh, yeah. I'm good at that. Yeah. hmm The NFB has released an official app for the NFB Newsline for the iPhone. I don't believe it's come out on Android yet. But if you are a subscriber to NFB Newsline, you can get your subscriptions downloaded onto your iDevice. Uh, One thing is, you cannot subscribe to NFB Newsline through the app. I tried that. It didn't work. It wants your login credentials immediately. So in order to get this off the ground and on the road with it, To experience it, you really need to be already a NFB Newsline subscriber. And what NFB Newsline is, for those of you who do not know this, the National Federation for the Blind has a database of newspapers, magazines, and other news content, including TV listings from all around the country uh, here in the U.S. And you can either call on the phone or have them delivered to you via the web or now the iPhone. So that's pretty cool. I have downloaded the app. I just recently got my uh, codes to subscribe to NFB Newsline uh, over email. Now, they need to update their website because their website says, you you must wait until you, uh, they approve your subscription, which, yeah, that's fine. But it does not say you will get a confirmation by email that your subscription has been approved. It only says you will receive... Uh, mail in the post from the post office you know like we'll send you a a paper copy uh it does not even say you will get a braille copy of your codes although i learned from one person who did subscribe before they sent it through email that he actually did get a braille uh notice as well as a print one
1: well that's good that they actually did oh yeah
0: i know because it doesn't say on there that you will get a braille one uh but on monday i got my codes to to enter of course uh to um enter into the service and use it. So I will shortly be testing that out. And I will come back with a detailed report on the app.
1: Very good. And a new app that sorta of does the same thing, I guess, as it's Foursquare, sorta.
0: It's a little different. Um, there's an app called Blind Square. And this seems needlessly complicated. Um it's it's kind of cool in that if you are it, it uses the Foursquare API to get a listing of who's at what place. And if you're walking by certain places, uh, you can check in like you would on Foursquare. But it also gives you directions to nearby places of entertainment. I guess it's got like a GPS element in there. Or if Foursquare has a maps built into it, I think. It has geolocation. Yeah, it will so actually show you... So this is using...
1: A, Foursquare will actually show yeah. you a little snapshot of the map area So where this takes
0: at. that and turns it into spoken directions, I guess. Hmm. Like I said, I don't have it. I'm working on getting a copy of it to review. Um, but it is $14.99 in the App Store. The reason for this is that they just decided they wanted to use the acapella speech synthesis instead of voiceover. Uh, you know, to do its thing, so which seems a little memory heavy to me. But what do I know? Um, well, they're trying, so, I guess,
1: to differentiate yeah, themselves from, from something like Ariadne or that is weird.
0: I I don't understand that app at all. Anyway, um, moving right along, hmm. the um Blind Square folks um, have purchased that license. So, in order to purchase the app, it is fourteen ninety nine. Most of what you're paying for is the use of that speech. It would be cool if they had a non-acapella and acapella version.
1: Yeah, a little bit more inexpensive. Right. Uh Supposedly that is either twelve ninety nine or fourteen ninety nine is the actual introductory price. Uh, there are guesstimates that it may go up in charge.
0: Because when I saw this last week, it was nine ninety nine. Then I saw it again yesterday, and it was fourteen ninety nine. And now they're saying, you know, maybe this is only an introductory price, and it could go up. So I you know, this is all the information we have at this point. It sounds like it could be really kind of interesting, but I'm not so sure I want to pay the money just for an extra speech choice.
1: Yeah, it seems uh, a little a little overzealous to make somebody have to pay extra just to uh yeah. get the extra speech. And I'm
0: wondering how and I'm wondering how many people will actually do it, seeing as how a lot of people already use Foursquare and it's accessible. I mean, things break in Foursquare occasionally, but, you know, they fix them. It may take them a while, but they do fix them. So a lot of people already use it. I'm not sure how many people would want to use this. Um, I mean, the GPS capability is kind of nice.
1: Yeah, and I believe uh, someone on another podcast said that it will actually tell you, supposedly, you're crossing street.
0: Like yes, it If you're it walking does. to
1: a street, which yes. is something that uh, other apps do not seem to do on a regular yeah, that basis. That is really nice. Uh, yes, in the app store as of today of this right recording, now, it is fourteen ninety nine for the app. Blind square. <phone rings> well, the wonderful WebAIM blog did a screen reader user survey number four.
0: Yes, and they had hundred and eighty two respondents or participants. I'm still in legal mode. Uh, 100, uh, 1,782 participants. Uh, JAWS was still the primary screen reader of use, although uh, VoiceOver and uh, NVDA and other free opportunities were going up sig- at a significant rate. Um, smartphone use was increasing, although iPhone use and Android use were very disproportionate. Um, many, many, many more people used iPhones than Androids Yeah. At this point.
1: Let's see. What were some of the stats? Uh, 98.6% of all of the participants had JavaScript enabled. Mm -hmm. What that really has to do with Uh, the survey, I'm not really sure. Well,
0: sometimes JavaScript and screen readers have differing results Uh, with each other. Well, if you turn Um, off,
1: if you use something like NoScript or something, you're basically going to break the internet. So... Because every site pretty much uses <laughs> JavaScript. That's true. Uh, screen reader pricing is improving by going down. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing. Uh, perception of accessibility of web content is decreasing. decreasing. Uh, 72% of the respondents use a screen reader on a mobile device. Well, Yeah, I would assume that. Uh, iOS is very popular, and Android is a very distant second Second. in that category. Uh, Use of properly structured headings remains of great importance to respondents.
0: Oh, God, you're starting it now. Um, And? And and, uh, pretty much the same overall web problems were noted uh, as difficulties before have remained the same, primarily FLASH and CAPTCHA.
1: Yeah, which CAPTCHA is constantly broken and everything, which Yawn. I think there's even a new study out saying that most CAPTCHA doesn't survive, doesn't do anything.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: Mm. Well, the ITC is taking a new sort of approach to <laughs> working on the Apple versus Samsung case.
0: The judge himself, who is in charge of this one of the lawsuits um, about these patents concerning the iPhone, says that he is going to conduct what he believes should be called a Cheech and Chong test on the Samsung phone.
1: Does it look like it? Does it feel like it? Does it smell like it?
0: warn yeah. Come here. What? What's that? I don't know. Look like dog shit to me. Yeah, look like dog shit to me too. Mm, pick up. Huh? Pick up. Oh. Feel like dog shit? Yeah, feel like dog shit. Mm. Smell.
1: Huh? Smell! <sighs> Ugh. Smell like dog shit?
0: Yeah, it smell like dog shit. <coughs> mm. Taste. Huh? Taste
1: Taste like dog shit. Yeah. taste like dog shit.
0: Hmm. Good thing we don't step in it. Yeah, good thing. Mm. Let's go eat. Yeah, eat. <laughs>
1: I have not heard that in numerous years.
0: They want to go eat after that?
1: (laughs) Yeah, this is the ongoing dispute where Apple is saying that Samsung is infringing on six of their patents and needs to stop because they have copied little minor things, you know, color, shape, design of the iPhone and iPad devices. So, Judge, it's kind of going with a different approach there. We'll have to see how that turns out.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, boy.
1: This just in, a man pushed his Netflix account to the max. He, he watched 252 movies in, in 30, 30 days.
0: days. He has the 7 dollars nine cent streaming plan, and he got it down to 32 cents per movie.
1: No, lower than that. Lower than that? Yes. <gasps> Mark Malkoff of New York has been able to watch two hundred and fifty two films, which amounts to twenty nine point four hours of credits,
0: which <laughs> I was thought that was funny. Which
1: was thirteen hours per day for a total of four hundred and four total viewing hours in one month. And he was able to get his Netflix price down to three point two cents per, per film. film. Wow only disadvantage he, he gained, gained six, six pounds, pounds.
0: <laughs> he even supposedly you know, like walked her out of the went out of the apartment and went and did stuff and w- streamed him from his iPad while he was out doing things
1: yeah he 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 initially stayed in his apartment for the first i believe one hundred and fifty some hours one hundred and fifty five like hours I think it was uh, at one point he even had uh actor Joe London, who I guess was a star in the movie Dazed and Confused actually came by and gave him commentary while sitting on the
0: couch. I bet that Joe London just, was dazed mm. and confused about the whole he thing. He this, this reminds me of that uh, Screensavers episode where the, the guy was like, dude, if I game for like 64 hours straight, will it hurt my computer? And they're like, uh, man, you need to exercise.
1: Yeah, Patrick Norton was like,
0: <laughs> dude, go outside! <laughs> this That's immediately what I thought of when I read this. I'm like, yeah, this is the same kind of deal, except even more extreme.
1: Exactly. Jeez.
0: Oh, geez. my God. <sighs>
1: yeah, this guy was actually known for, uh, I believe he rented a taxi cab for 17 hours or something like that in New York and sort of gave people free rides if they could do something crazy crazy, put on a costume, do a magic trick, or something like that. And
0: he also tested out the Apple Store's claim that they provided the ultimate in hospitality by going into the Apple Store carrying a goat.
1: While wearing a Darth Vader costume, he gets. Mm. But, hey, this guy's getting popularity over being a nut.
0: <laughs> Pretty much.
1: And speaking of, oh, we're giving a ding. We're giving to a the... ding
0: because this is a whole new nut.
1: Well, down here in Alabama, we had a man go into a waffle house and he robbed it for at just gun... one meal with his shotgun. He actually had sort of a standoff with the police.
0: If the police said it wouldn't have been that big of a deal if he hadn't held up traffic at, and, and held up the police at gunpoint. He would not have been sentenced, or they would not have asked for a sentence of 35 years in prison.
1: I mean, I don't care what kind of creamy goodness you got in the middle or on top of them there waffles. I just don't think that uh, his elevator went to the top floor.
0: So the judge uh, approved, you know, and jury approved this, and this guy has been sentenced to 35 years in prison for robbing a waffle house at gunpoint. All he wanted was a meal. He didn't even want the cash in the cash register.
1: And I believe he was sentenced like in November yeah, or it December was last year. of last year. Yeah, and, and now it, his defense team is trying to come back and say, idiots. well, he has mental problems. Well, prosecution is saying, um, I don't think so, judge. Uh, he never mentioned that. And it was never brought up during yeah. the trial. So,
0: I mean, when you go to, when you, yeah, pretty much when you appeal a decision by a judge, you cannot introduce new testimony. So that's like, a whole new, that's like a whole new thing, and they never even explored it in the trial, so you can't touch it uh, on an appeal.
1: All right. Good to know from legal advice.
0: Now, when, mm-hmm. when you go to an appeal, they review things like, uh, were, was the process conducted correctly? Uh, should evidence have been considered? But the evidence has already been there. But did it get the correct amount of weight? You know. Uh, but it's already stuff that's already been, it's already been done. There's nothing new. So they wanted the defense now wants to get on their game and all of a sudden get semi good and say, "Oh, well, he has mental problems." Well, that's just tough. You should have introduced him beforehand. You should have thought of that.
1: Yeah, it it immediately just now brought to mind the uh, "Coming to America" movie with uh, Arsenio Hall and uh, Eddie Murphy. There's a scene in there where Samuel L. Jackson's character comes in and tries to rob the. mcdonald's ripoff store and he comes in with his gun blaring and all this kind of stuff and it just kind of popped in my head i bet that's exactly what it was like
0: probably probably
1: i bet that's on YouTube. even
0: more disturbing i bet that's where the guy got the idea
1: could be because i if i remember correctly samuel l jackson was carrying a shotgun
0: mm-hmm hmm, hmm. interesting We better let this madness go.
1: Yes, this madness you have been listening to is Tech Access Weekly, episode 140. If you would like to check out the show notes and stories considered for this, you can go to delicious.com slash access
0: slash 140. If you would like to check out the Book Orders Anonymous podcast with Shannon Curry and myself, you can do this by going to bhapodcast.com. Homework for this month is Clan of the Cave Bear, and more fun homework will be announced uh, when the next podcast is recorded, which will be done on Saturday,
1: I'm gonna guess that the next homework is gonna be something
0: well patriotic. Saying, yeah, because the next podcast will be recorded in July, so yeah, probably something patriotic. Yeah,
1: yeah for the Fourth of July mm-hmm. and all that kind of mm-hmm. thing.
0: So get your get your get your flags out. Get your Patriotic hats on, your army uniforms out, or whatever you do, Yeah. uh, in preparation for the next podcast. Exactly. Uh, If you would like to check out The Melting Pot on Mushroom FM, you can do so by going to mushroomfm.com on a Sunday evening from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern and listening to a large variety of music and madness from me.
1: And you can also check out the High Contrast podcast on the Sarah Talk podcast network over at sarahtalk.com. For some reason, we still do not have a dedicated r s s feed or page for that.
0: that's not good. Eh. you get on Joe's case about that
1: eh. Mm.
0: Eh. Eh. that's another story eh. uh in any event, did we get all our plugs in? I believe so. Oh, well, cool. We will start the music start the music now is now a good time to do it
1: Better than soon
0: <gasps> what about later? No now Hmm.
1: Ah, anyway
0: If you want to reach me on Twitter You can tweet Aaron Edgar
1: Or you can follow me, Rodney Edgar Or TA underscore weekly for the podcast
0: We'll see you next time Bye. Bye!
1: Bye!